Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good Memorial Day weekend to you food lovers. Are you grilling and chilling this holiday weekend? Well, you can get your grill on because I have recipes and tips for marvelous meals to share this hour, and I am so grateful to share my table with you. If you love to cook or love to eat, well, then you should tune in every week as I tell you about my favorite wines, cutting-edge recipes, and share distinguished authors, artisans, and chefs who all dish on their extraordinary knowledge. Be sure to visit chefjamie.com to become a more confident cook as well, where there are a bevy of recipes to step up your grill game. And then, of course, if you'd like to see my daily dish, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. Stay tuned because the grilling guru that is Stephen Reichlin is in the house. Oh, yes. He is schooling us on brisket. His new book, Brisket Chronicles, will make you a culinary hero at your backyard barbecue, no doubt. And I love when Stephen drops by. Also, Robert Schuler, our resident produce expert, is here. And we're sharing the sweetness of summer, what you can find fresh and fabulous when it comes to fruits and veggies and all of the beautiful things you can do with Summer's Bounty. Also, before the end of the hour, we are sipping and savoring beautiful Pinot Noir with my longtime friend, chef and winemaker, David Slay. So be sure to toast with us. Cheers to that. But let's get this party started, shall we? At the start of every show, I'd like to kick off with a tutorial of sorts to make you the best cook you know. And if you close your eyes and think of the best hamburger you've ever had, I'm going to guess it was in a restaurant, right? Well, I say let's fix that. Do you want to make the best burgers this holiday weekend to kick off summer like a culinary boss? Well, then you're going to need to grind your own beef. It's actually super simple and it's very personal. You can make it your own, but in no time when you choose your blend and make that mouth-watering drip down your chin burger of excellence at your first barbecue of the summer, I will tell you, you will understand the difference between grinding your own meat and buying store-bought ground beef. You can shortcut, by the way, though, and if you're looking to make this weekend full of relaxation, you ask the butcher in your gourmet grocery store or at a butcher shop to blend and grind for you, but you really can do it very easily at home. So let me take you back a moment to my most vivid and delectable burger experience. It was at Mineta Tavern in Soho in New York City, and we vied for a reservation a month in advance. I had heard about the Black Label Burger, this is many years ago, and it turned out to be everything I anticipated. You needed two hands and about 27 napkins, and it was the toasty, charry, beefy scent that wafted to your nose first and foremost as it was escorted to your table. And the patty had this mahogany skin, rather. Um, the, The bun was wet with dark juices. It was crunchy when your teeth 
pierced through the bun, so it had been well toasted. And the warm, salty juices flowed over your tongue with this deep prime steak flavor. And it was the most succulent, brawny, beefy flavor I have ever had. Yes, it was that good. So, I have spent many years trying to duplicate it, doing the homework and learning the secrets. And so I am sharing them so that you can grind your way to a better burger. Now, the Mineta Tavern Burger is known for being a combination of meat. They use some chuck, like your sort of standard odds and ends and scraps from a steak. They throw in some short rib and there is a bit of brisket and they actually use extra fat added in from trim to make the burger juicy. Now for the best flavor, the meat that you use, no matter what you choose for grinding should not be too lean. So I combine chuck and sirloin for burgers and then I add a bit of fat like bacon, yes. Uh, But no matter what kind of blend you opt for, making sure that the mix is relatively high in fat content is what is going to give you the juiciness and the flavor. So for a really luscious burger, you have to commit to 70% meat and 30% fat. Now, you could always grind your own Kobe beef burgers if you wanted to be really extravagant. Uh, I love the idea of short rib added like Mineta Tavern's burger has. And you want to go for choice grade. It's really not necessary, I should say, to go for expensive prime grade beef if you want a a really fabulous burger. Um, But you do want to, again, add that fat. Now, the method of grinding your own meat, whether it's lamb or pork or veal or poultry, allows you to create your own blend. And you will need to have the tools Uh, to do it, of course. The grinder attachment of your KitchenAid mixer works best. So you can use your food processor, but my best chef's tip is to be sure to pulse instead of blend so that you get good texture and not mushiness. Now, here's the secret. Freezing the meat prior helps it hold its shape better And it keeps it firm. So it goes through the grinder or cuts through the blade more easily. And I freeze my cubed meat for about 10 to 15 minutes, 15 minutes max before I grind. When you start with semi-frozen meat, it's also very smart from a food safety standpoint. So we're being conscious and cautious at this point too. You put the blade and the grinding plate or whatever you're using, depending upon the appliance, in the freezer with the meat. Another great tip. So that when you assemble the grinder, when you're ready to begin, you have cold parts. And this is going to keep your grind fabulously textured as well. And then when it comes to forming your burgers, my patties are nothing but meat. I sprinkle salt and pepper on the exterior just before I cook. Onion, eggs, breadcrumbs, that's for meatloaf. Although there there is one exception to the rule. So, uh, J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, you know him. He's the chef and editor at Sirius Eats, uh, and he's an MIT grad. He's a genius. He's graced this show. He knows a lot about burgers. He's done some fascinating experiments as well. And the one exception to the rule of additions to your burger meat is a bit of anchovy, as he says... Because it doesn't change the actual flavor of the burger, but it adds that umami that makes the beef beefier. 
Now, I believe in an umami bomb, and I don't personally add anchovy. I add a dash of fish sauce, or like I mentioned last week, you could use the Italian fish sauce, the colatura. And I will tell you, you'll never know that it's there, but it is just so delicious. And then my last chef's tip when you form your patties, please don't pack them too tightly. You want the fat in the meat to ooze throughout the burger for juiciness. So I say this is the perfect weekend to test a few combinations for your signature ground beef mixture and then fire up the grill and make the best burger you've ever had tomorrow. And do let me know how your grind turns out. You can email me directly, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. Okay, some quick food news for you this week. This is some interesting food news, in fact. Krispy Kreme has launched a salted egg filled donut. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, don't touch the dial. Keep listening. I know the name is terrible, but the donut is fashioned after the Asian egg custard. And if you have a fondness for that sweet, silky stuff, then you just might like this donut. So once again, it's an international Krispy Kreme offering and it was developed and released in Thailand and it's competing with the enthusiasm of the UK's Nutella-filled donut, that which has come to the US as well. But this uh, salted custard, I'll call it, they call it a salted egg-filled donut, has a runny filling made with egg yolks, and the reaction has been sort of mixed in the US so far. But if you love an Asian-style egg tart with the crumbly pastry crust then you might really like it. So don't knock it till you've tried it. Just look for it at a Krispy Kreme. And at least you'll be the life of the party when you tell your food-loving friends all about it this weekend, right? (laughs) Don't touch your dial. Stephen Reichlin, front and center, sharing his brisket chronicles. Right after this, oh, we are going to be smoking. It's Memorial Day weekend. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, and my job is to make you hungry. So don't touch your dial. We'll be right back. Fire today, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. He's back. The world's best grilling guru, Stephen Reichlin, is here. The James Beard Award winning, New York Times best selling 31 cookbooks and running. The author and host of multiple acclaimed PBS cooking shows who has shaped the country's fixation with live fire cooking. And this time, he's here to help you master brisket. In his latest book, The Brisket Chronicles, he's focusing on just one cut of beef and what he calls the most epic cut. So it's time to light up the grill, fire up that smoker, and get your brisket on because Stephen Reichlin is here. Hi, Stephen. I'm glad to have you back. How are you? Jamie, it is such a pleasure (laughs) to speak with you. Thank you. I'm delighted. Okay. Um, when you say brisket, 
Well, when you say it, people come running. When I say it, they mosey a little bit, but they definitely come, (laughs) I will say. It does spark hunger, as you mentioned in the book. It makes your mouth water. So why a single-subject book? Is is brisket that most requested question to master on the barbecue you get? Well, first of all, brisket is the Mount Everest of barbecue. Yes. And, uh, you know, if you can master a brisket, you can barbecue anything. And, uh, and brisket, you know, people speak of brisket masters uh, like Aaron Franklin and Austin in reverential terms. Um, it is challenging, but it's eminently doable, as I try and show in this book. But barbecue is only the tip of the brisket iceberg. Uh, if you think about deli favorites, you know, mm. uh, pastrami starts as brisket. Uh, Irish corned beef starts as brisket. Uh, Italian bolito misto starts as brisket. Vietnamese pho, that wonderful beef noodle soup, starts as brisket. So brisket is one of those foods that is enjoyed and beloved throughout the world. It is, and and a lot of ethnic influence. I mean, my extraordinary Jewish mother, who's a brilliant cook, makes a brilliant brisket. And very different than anything grilled. Lots of caramelized onions and beef broth and, you know, the secret of brown sugar and all that goodness. And I love that you sort of run the gamut of recipes and inspiration in the book from lots of different uh, paths and, uh, you know, styles of cooking as well. Before we get to the recipes, though, how do you choose the right brisket? And I did read, and I know you are specific, a quarter inch of fat is necessary no matter what, right? You bet, yeah, because... Remember, in general, you're going to be cooking brisket low and slow. That is at a low heat for a long period of time. And that melting fat will help keep it moist during the cooking process. Okay, good. But when you choose one, there are lots of choices today on brisket. Well, there are. And you're two. I mean, first of all, you can go choice or prime. And uh, choice brisket is uh, a little bit more affordable. Prime brisket, a little pricier, but better marbled. Both will give you excellent results, precisely because you're cooking them for so long. Uh, But your big choice is going to be whether to buy a whole packer brisket, which is the entire two muscles that comprise a brisket, tipping the scales at around 12 or 15 pounds, or whether you're going to buy a brisket flat, which is the leaner of the two brisket muscles, um, looking at three to six pounds, and the brisket flat typically is what you find at a supermarket. So if you're a newcomer to the world of brisket, brisket flat is a way, uh, a great way to, uh, to get started. Yeah, to master it. Although 12 to 15 pounds of hunk of meat on the grill, that'll definitely draw my friends in. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, not for without reason that uh, I call it the holy grail of barbecue. Exactly. So I would assume that your favorite method of cooking is smoking because you make a brilliant smoke ring and the flavor is unbelievable. You can steam, braise, stew, grill. Give us a a couple of methods to master, please. Where should we start? Well, okay. Barbecuing, uh, you know, great for barbecued brisket. That's pretty indispensable if you've got a, a backyard to do it in. Uh, braising is a great way to cook brisket if you are apartment-bound or condo-bound and don't have access to a grill. Right. Um, uh, boiling, you know, I mean, boiling, what could be least glamorous than, but less glamorous than boiling, but uh, uh, gosh, Vietnamese uh, beef noodle soup, there's a brisket ramen in the oh, book. Yes, I uh, saw that. There's a uh, Vietnamese beef noodle soup in a hurry. Boiled brisket is, uh, there, there's a terrific dish down here in Miami called vaca frita, 
and it starts with a braised or boiled brisket that you shred, and then you f- you fry those shreds in oil with onion and garlic, and uh, it's a classic Cuban dish, and uh, it's really amazing. And see, here we are talking about brisket, and we've gone around the world again. Yes, of course, and you can season it f- with flavor from around the world. What is your favorite way, going back to the grill, if we're going to season the brisket, and if we're going to smoke What's the best wood? Well, uh, you know, for seasoning, I like what in the trade is called a Dalmatian rub. It's equal parts coarse sea salt and cracked black peppercorns. It's uh, speckled black like a Dalmatian. And the reason I love a Dalmatian rub for brisket is it gives you a wonderful, crisp, crunchy, salty, smoky bark. That's the outside crust. But it really kind of keeps the focus of the brisket on the meat. Uh, you know, it doesn't camouflage it with a lot of extravagant spicing. Sure. In terms of wood, uh, you know, if you're going to emulate the Texas style, you would be smoking with uh, oak. If uh, you wanted to follow the Kansas City example, you'd be using hickory or apple. But, you know, to be honest with you, any hardwood will produce a great smoked brisket. Yes, as as long as that brisket is of good quality and cooked to perfection, I will tell you, I'm certainly not going to turn it down. The recipes in the book, as I alluded to, are really, truly fabulous. The tutorial that you begin the Brisket Chronicles with will help a novice or connoisseur master to perfection brisket anyway. But uh, some of the recipes just, I mean, jumped out at me. Um, Tuffy Stone, a friend of yours, another championship barbecuer, uh, makes a, a burnt end using brisket that I wanted to lick the page, Stephen. Yeah, we have to figure out, the, you know, we, the scratch and sniff or scratch <laughs> yeah. and taste for the next time. Yes, please. Um, but a, a, a sweet sort of, sweet spicy, I should say, uh, rub. Mm-hmm. And then um, just that that crackle and crust and bark like you talk about, uh, it, like candy, brisket candy, I suppose. Brisket candy, there oh, you go. Does that look good? And then um, would you take me uh, to have brisket bres- breakfast tacos in Austin, please? You bet, at Valentina's, yeah. We actually, you know, I just got back from taping the next season of uh, my Project Fire TV show on PBS, and we did that brisket, uh, those breakfast tacos. They're called the Real Deal Holyfield. And uh, you grill the tortillas, and then you grill uh, barbecued brisket, bacon, there's refried beans, there are uh, sautéed potatoes, fried egg, and then a smoked, fiery smoked salsa on top. And I want to tell you, it is just, it's insane. The new book release from... America's most beloved grilling guru. He is Stephen Reichlin, and the book is called The Brisket Chronicles, How to Barbecue, Braise, Smoke, and Cure the World's Most Epic Cut of Meat. So take your love for brisket to the next level with some of the best recipes we've seen yet from Stephen. It's always a pleasure, Stephen. I hope our paths cross again soon, and thank you for making me hungry. Well, me too. And Jamie, <laughs> Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you do you. such a great job. Thank you. We do have the greatest culinary thinkers on this show, so fire up the grill because I'm starving. Stay tuned. There is lots more to make you hungry in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away.
We're about to get fresh. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. So summer is officially here. It is the start of the grilling season. And Memorial Day marks that abundant, colorful, full of flavor bevy of summer produce that you can sink your teeth into. From juicy watermelon to ripe sweet peaches and the incomparable sweetness of fresh lychees, oh, Melissa's produce has it all. If you're looking for fresh inspiration to enjoy the best of summer's bounty, well, then this next conversation is for you. When you think tasty, tangy, tart, sweet, and delicious... You think Melissa's, providing quality produce to chefs, restaurants, and markets for over 30 years now. I am very proud and grateful to have Melissa's Produce as a partner since the inception of this radio show, and their products just keep getting sweeter. So if you've yet to taste a rambutan or you're daunted by melons, well, then you need to meet Robert Schuler. Allow me to reintroduce him. Robert is our resident produce guru on the show and the director of all things fresh and delicious for Melissa's World Variety Produce, and he is here to increase your summer fruit and veggie knowledge. Welcome back, Robert. Glad to have you. Thank you, Jamie. Glad to be back. Yes, and to celebrate the start of the grilling season, uh, because this is no doubt a very great time to mention that as much as I love stocking up on you know, obscure sausages and a, a great blend of beef for burgers... I want to remind everyone that grilling is not just for meat. I mean, this is how I squeeze every last ounce of flavor out of your veggies, by throwing them on the grill, right? Because that char, there's nothing better. Definitely. Oh, the, the flavor of a, of a big, beautiful grilled veggie platter to me oftentimes outranks the tri-tip. So let's talk veggies, please, first and foremost. Uh, there's a beautiful array of peppers, perfect for charring. And you have some new and some different. So if you would, highlight the best. Well, you know, barbecue, a grill is not complete without using varieties of peppers. Now, you could be uh, bell peppers of different colors from your yellows, your golds, or your reds. I think the reds are more sweeter. But there's this exciting variety called an Enjoya pepper, which is both red and golden color. So it has the flavors and qualities of both of those. And they just grill up well on the barbecue. Another uh, pepper are those veggie sweet peppers, those little mini peppers. They're red, they're yellow, they're orange. They're in the shape of a chili pepper. However, they have no heat whatsoever and, and make a very sweet little, the same heat as a bell pepper, no heat whatsoever, but the sweetness and flavor that you come to enjoy in a bell pepper. Right, and they char up really quick and, and lovely, and they blister. And I think they make a really nice, colorful addition to uh, grilled pork chops, grilled chicken. They add, you know, a, a bright sweetness as a very simple, like one ingredient wonder side dish. I toss them with olive oil, salt, pepper, throw them right on the grill. They take no time at all. And I use them to garnish every platter as well. And then you can dig in and get all that sweetness. They tend to be really sweet, Robert. I love those. Definitely. And if you, if for those, those chili heads out there, you know, you, if you want to start milder, you've got like shishito peppers, which are a really exciting variety that are mildly 
with heat. Uh, but if you guys like the heat, jalapenos, add some color like yellow chilies or red Fresno chilies. For those who like a little bit more heat, serrano peppers are just a great bite to pair with any meat. Yes, I agree. I happen to love a serrano on the grill. Those char up beautifully too. Um, okay, let's fire it up for asparagus. There are more varieties and color variations of asparagus today than ever before. Asparagus is more than just your green variety. First, you also have to know the different types of asparagus. And let's look at the different... And when I say types, I'm referring to the size. Now, asparagus you can find in pencil, which is the thinnest size. Then you can find a medium grade, which is most popular um, medium size. And then for the barbecue, you want the extra thick ones because you don't want your asparagus to fall through the grill. And they also allow for a longer cooking time. So you might be finding that in your local store, um, the different, especially during the uh, late spring and summertime when people are barbecuing more, the thicker grade. But there's actually three different types of asparagus, the green, the white, and the purple. So you can add color and flavor all at the same time on your barbecue. Yeah, and the white very much prized, right? I I'd considered a delicacy at one point and more readily available from Melissa's today. The purple I love. Something different, conversation piece. I mix the green and the purple on the grill. And like you said, you know, if I'm quickly sautéing, uh, I'll use the pencil. But when you have that thick beautiful stock of asparagus and you've trimmed the bottom and you've tossed it in something simple like balsamic and olive oil, seasoned it simply, throw it on the grill. It retains that meaty bite and alongside a great big grilled steak, there might be nothing better. I love those big thick asparagus, especially for grilling. And one other tip, um, if you happen to not be able to find the thick great asparagus, you know, because if you angle it just so on the grill, it'll fall through. Another idea is to uh, stack them flat on a, on, a, on a cutting board and put two um, um, skewers, skewers yes. through it. And so what you have is uh, like one big pancake uh -huh. of, of, of asparagus and you flip them over and they'll cook really consistently and easily. And then you won't have that problem with the asparagus falling through the grate. Melissa specializes in potato offerings. You have very prized possessions, I will say. Um, and the Dutch yellow is... I think Melissa's beauty, uh, but I par cook them. I'll either boil or steam them, Robert, and then I finish them on the grill. And there is something about that beautiful buttery interior and the flakiness with the crispness of the exterior from the grill that the, that the potatoes gain. The grill just imparts this textural dichotomy that is so delicious. So you could put Dutch yellow on the grill, ruby gold. What else? Well, the, yes, the baby Dutch yellow potato is our signature baby potato. They're the ones that not only are gold on the outside, but also on the inside, and they taste buttery. If you're a red-skinned pota baby potato lover, then you go for the baby ruby golds. However, if you want a mixture of different colors, I definitely recommend the, um, the mixed medley of fingerlings where you can find in a, one package purple, red, uh, the, the banana ones, which are the gold ones, the longer ones, and the ruby crescents, which are kind of like a silver. So if you're looking for color on the barbecue, those are also another way to go. 
and uh, you know the baby potatoes they cook up faster. Um, you don't have to. You can do what you're doing, but you could just throw them on the grill, and they're not going to cook. They're not going to take as long to cook. You know, unlike a russet or a Yukon Gold, because they're they're smaller and they're not as starchy. Sure, and you could go start to finish on the grill. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love baby patty pan, sunburst, zucchini, yellow squash on the grill, but I want to get to fruit. Uh, the Sharon Tay melon that I tasted recently from Melissa's this season is the best I've ever had, Robert. I have to tell you, the bricks level, the sugar content has to be the highest we've seen. That was the most deliciously succulent melon ever. I mean, talk about peak of perfection. Yeah, let me tell you about good news about the Charente melons. First of all, the Charente melons is the most popular melon variety uh, demanded in France. Now, a grower from France moved to the Dominican Republic, now grows them year-round because the weather's ideal, and now we're bringing in the Charente melons year-round. Well, and that's this is very new, good news. And this is exciting. <laughs> yeah. And the Sharon Taze is a personal size melon. So it's about the size of a softball. It is has a whitish cream color skin with green striations, kind of like a basketball. Um, you know, the lines going it's green. So they're they're very easy to find when you go into the produce department and look at your different melon varieties. They're smaller and they have the green storations, and you'll know every time you pick up one that this is the sweetest tasty melon I'll have, whether it's the spring, the summer, the fall, or the winter time. You should look for Melissa's Produce, the name itself, when you want the season's best. You can always order your produce direct to your front door at melissas.com. And at chefjamie.com, you'll find the weekly Melissa's Produce Pick, so you are always sure what's fresh and in season. You'll find a link to the Melissa's website for a full resource of fruit and veggie information. And then, Robert, when the seasons change, you'll come back again, right? Definitely. Thank I'd you. love to have you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for highlighting uh, the season's best and a very happy summer of grilling to you. Thank you, Chef Jamie. Thank you, Robert. As the delicious conversation continues, keeping you in the know so that you can maintain your culinary hero status. There is lots more fabulous food in your radio right after this. Don't go away. Oh, food and wine, it's divine, isn't it? Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Let me tell you a story. In Stanton, which is nestled off the beaten path in Orange County, California, right near Anaheim, you will find a restaurant that is consistently voted number one in Orange County and beyond in the top 10 by Gaillot, Zagat, and critics across the state. And you would never expect to find it there. Many years ago, I stumbled upon it, and I found a chef friend in the making there. 
It's called Park Avenue Restaurant, and it has a sister space called Il Garage, and they are the brainchild concepts from Chef David Slay, a truly talented veteran in the business. His restaurants are a site for exquisite food and extraordinary surroundings and a dedication to quality ingredients. You will find dine at Park Avenue Restaurant, this destination that food lovers uh, literally run to. And then you'll enjoy more casual fare at Il Garage, where you sit nestled in the garden and eat under the stars. It is truly glorious. Now, Park Avenue is in its 15th year serving California American food, and it is only getting better. And I will say, I am um, embarrassed to tell you that my friend Chef David Slay has not graced this radio program before, and it is due time, because David is now in the wine business, growing his tremendous palate by developing Slay Estate and Vineyard in Santa Barbara County. And it is time that we share his talent. It's in the Santa Rita Hills AVA, his vineyard, where he produces excellent Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And yes, I know firsthand because I am a Pinot Noir girl and that bottle was beautiful, chef. We've known each other a long time and I am over the moon that he is here. And I am very, very glad to welcome Chef David Slay to the radio. Hi, Chef. Glad to have you. Well, Jamie, thank you for having me on. And, yes, of uh, course. It's a, a privilege, and no. always enjoy having you at the restaurant and well, listening to you. you on the air. Well, thank so you. Glad to be a part of the show. Thank you. You know, I, I don't get to the restaurant enough, but I fantasize about Il Garage. I tell everyone I know about it. Uh, Park Avenue has been an incredible success story, and you really are, I believe, a testament to... Uh, resilience, dedication, pursuing your dream, especially in a place that no one expected per se. Uh, You come from a, uh, you hail from a restaurant or a restaurateur family with St. Louis roots. Um, Give, give everyone a little bit of background of your journey, if you would. My family started in 1911 in St. Louis, Missouri. My grandparents opened the first restaurant, which was a barbecue stand. From there, it grew to steakhouses and uh, fine dining American cuisine. At one time, they had five restaurants and three fried chicken restaurants. So I got a lot of experience working side by side with my father. And then my wife and I moved out here uh, almost 30 years ago when we opened La Veranda in Beverly Hills. And they still talk about La Veranda. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a fun, the restaurant uh, scene in Los Angeles at that time, there were a lot of up-and-coming chefs, people like Thomas Keller, Patrick Clark. So it was, it was a good time to be opening a restaurant. Yes, and you know, St. Louis still talks about you, uh, not only about the restaurants, but uh, about putting fried spinach leaves as a garnish on the map. I mean, you, you really were cutting edge, and I think that's proof to the fact that it's in your bones and that... Uh, style of yours and, you know, spreading this beautiful culinary style is very much your MO. Um, You've taken it to a new level. Tell everyone about your organic garden, please, because there is nothing like sitting at Il Garage. Yeah, it's it's pretty special. When you, fortunately here in uh, Southern California, they have the weather that we have. Uh, we, We grow organically. We're not certified organic. We have 14 raised beds and another... Uh, 14 that are below ground that we grow all organic, so many different lettuces. And right now we had so much rain this year that uh, the, the 
harvest has been wonderful. It's been cold at night, so the lettuces love it, the carrots, beets, uh, artichokes are starting to sprout. Uh, we just have so much growing here, and then also up at our vineyard as well with uh, row crops. Congratulations to you, and kudos to you. Um, I will get to Manhattan Beach, California, and visit you there as well. And um, and thank you for allowing me to share the beauty of what you continue to grow, both literally and figuratively, in the food world. It makes me very proud to be able to support my friends. Um, and it is oh. due time that you have come on the radio. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, I look forward to pleasure. seeing you somewhere around here. I, I look forward to seeing you soon, too. Chef David Slay brings his meticulous attention to detail and focus to the art of running a vineyard. Slay Estate and Vineyard, located in the majestic Santa Barbara wine country, is now open by private appointment. And of course, if you want to experience the beautiful cuisine of one of the hardest working chefs in the business in Southern California, you must visit Park Avenue Restaurant and its sister space, Il Garage. And then uh, soon to come... We are very excited for Slay Steak and Fish House, of course. You can follow the adventure at Park Ave Dining and at Slay Estate and Vineyard. And David, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you again. Thank you, Jamie. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious conversation, perfecting your palate and feeding your insatiable appetite every weekend. I thank you for tuning in. Before we go, I'll leave you with my last bite for the hour, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation and inspiration. Seemingly very fitting for a holiday grilling weekend to kick off summer, I have a four-ingredient marinade that adds mouth-watering flavor to just about any protein. I think it's best on a steak like flank or skirt, uh, but I happen to love it on chicken, and it's delicious on pork as well. And it is sweet, and it is savory, and it is scrumptious. So, you'll take a pound of meat... And you will whisk together some olive oil, Dijon mustard, brown sugar, and soy sauce, and lots of freshly ground black pepper. It needs only about an hour or so to permeate, and then really great grilling by a barbecue master, that's you, and you will have what is a Dijon brown sugar marinated steak charred beautiful off the barbecue. I'll post the recipe right now on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So please become a friend and a fan. And you can find recipes galore to grill your heart out this weekend at ChefJamie.com. Podcasts of this show that you might have missed posted on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. And please meet me here next weekend when there is lots more fabulous food in your radio. Once again, I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to grill well. Well.